0: Hi, this is Sir Flo Thunderhammer, and I'm King Cabbage Tidehammer, and this is Whack. We got a couple of serious ones uh, under our belt. Slept with the king.
1: And you become the champion day one and walk out. I'm surprised your beards didn't get Velcroed together. Explain that. You have to explain. I have a clue. That's why. Some sort of LARP thing. I survived
0: that. I'm, I'm not... Hello, everyone, and welcome to, to WACT, where we discuss topics important to the kingdom of Winter's Edge, interview the AmpGuard community, mess up on the roll-in, but it doesn't matter because <laughs> Cabbage isn't going to cut this, interview the AmpGuard community at large, and talk with interesting people from around the foam-fighting world. This week, we've got Clover on. Clover, welcome to the show. Hey,
2: thanks
0: for having me, really appreciate it. Yeah,
1: it's been a long time coming. We've been, uh, we've been wanting to do this for a minute, so it's good to have you on, um, I know around Winter's Edge, you're a, a, a fairly well-known figure. You're a defender. You've been champion a few times. You were prime minister once. But why don't you, uh, in your own words, tell everyone you know who you are and, and why we should care? Well,
0: I mean,
2: I've never wanted to toot my own horn anyway, so the, why you should care, I don't know. A lot of people ask for me to be on here, so here I am. <laughs> um, I just like creating games and doing stuff. It's like, I don't know, I just like Antheart. So, and people like to hear
0: what I say, apparently. So. so, I actually, we have a... I want to talk to you about a couple of the games that you've created because we've had some other guests talk about them before. But before mm-hmm. that, you have a somewhat unique perspective from some of the other guests that we've had on. You, if I've understood correctly, did not originally start playing AmpGuard in the kingdom of Winter's Edge or even the principality of Winter's Edge at the time. You guys were a part of another kingdom. Is that correct?
2: Right. I actually started... Oh boy, I started Amp Guard in 2005 in a place called the Bastion of Howling Winds out of Monterey, California. Uh, at the time, I was in the DLI, the Defensive Language Institute. I was in the Army and all that stuff. It was my first like taste of like actual combat LARP, mm-hmm. as it were.
3: Okay.
2: Um, I grew up in Alabama, and it's so weird because it's like... A, I kind of stumbled into it and somewhat we'd always done. Cause me and my dorky D and D friends from high school started making like weapons out of like the black. Oh, they were totally unsafe, but it was just like PVC, the regular black insulation and duct tape.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, And yeah. I think we broke most of those upon each other.
3: Yeah. That's tradition. And,
2: uh, yeah. As, as, as you do. But so when I, when I left Alabama and joined the army and I walked out there and saw somebody, using what was basically dag weapons at the time.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, and they said, oh, hello, we're doing Amp Guard. And that's first, my first taste of it. And then I fell out of that for a while. Uh, you know, got sent to my normal station and never saw it again. Uh, after leaving the Army, I went to the oil field out in Texas. And I walked into a comic shop at one point. I think I was playing Magic the Gathering at the time. Mm-hmm. And I just saw some dude in full, he was in full garb, and he had this like, long-braided, Pink belt, Uh, yeah, and so he goes. I was like, "Hey, what's this?" Because it looked familiar, and he said he said the words "amp and I was like, "Oh, I know that thing. Let me, how do how do I do the thing?" And uh, he introduced himself as Taco the Pink of Golden Plains, and that's where I I know, right? (laughs) Um, He's actually part of my my fighting company from there. I ended up joining that fighting company. He's a real chill dude.
3: Nice,
2: Um, but. I did most of my time in AmpGuard, you know, I had the taste from California, but a lot of my time was out of the Golden Plains, and a lot of my initial politics, learning how politics work and all that, unfortunately, <laughs> and um, it's, a you know, it is a different game, yes, the, the development of games, I would say even the stuff, the stuff that I do is even weird for Golden Plains level. Right. Like, it's not like, it's not like I brought their culture over here, as it were. It's just, uh, it, it was considered outlandish over there too. And oh. it was way, the meta's way different for sure.
1: Texas Amp's culture always gets called different. No matter where you're at, you know, it's certainly... Um, in Winter's Edge, you know, we say, "Oh, well." In Texas, they do this, and and even you know, talking with folks from Neverwinter and from Rising Winds, they all say the same thing: "Oh, well." In Texas, they do that different. You wouldn't do that in Texas. Now, if you were to go and fight some of the guys in Texas, like there's always that. I don't know. I don't know if it's a pedestal that they're put on, but it's it's something. I,
0: I don't think it's a pedestal. I think that it is an extension of the fact that our oldest kingdoms are from that area, and so you talk about the culture that. Winner's Edge has, or the culture right. of the Kingdom of Neverwinter, which we were, have been tangentially involved with in some way for quite some time, give them another 10 years. It's or, the Amtgard equivalent of old money. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, you know, These, well, I mean, these kings have been around for, what, 25, 30 years at this point?
2: Well, I think that's part of the, the if I can say, the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, bringing, and talking about cultures you know, coming over here is, you know, I respect for sure that they're you know some of the oldest kingdoms and stuff but unfortunately uh, a lot of the problems that you have for instance in our culture are the people that you you say quote are like the old amp guard
1: the appeal and, to tradition types
2: right and so those that that's real thick in in Texas and you can end up in some like I think the number one thing that kills any amp guard period is politics politics are the worst thing yep I I as much as I am involved
0: in them, I despise them. It, get, um, it gets used as a curse, but politics can produce positive results if the people driving it are positive. The problem is it, the problem that you run into is when you, Clover, and you, Cabbage, are both going for the same thing. And both legitimately think that your way is the best way to accomplish it. And neither way is bad. Neither way is wrong. Yeah. But then now there is this uh, this dissension of what is going to be the, the best way to accomplish that. And I, this part of it, I think, is what you're specifically referring to. I don't want to put words in your mouth, Clover, but the problem is how that gets resolved. I almost never see it done well, mm-hmm. and it is because the people that are resolving it we 're not trained orators we 're not we're... well they 're
1: not thinking about the precedent they set yeah right right if you do a thing as a monarch, the next monarch that comes after you can also do that thing
0: well, or they so can choose think, to totally ignore it go ahead sir. go
2: ahead man. Yeah, I think when we talk about any sort of leadership I mean I think the some of the, if you talk about the best um, i guess abilities or traits of leadership, I think number one is being able to listen to the people around you and if my and it was one of the things I had to grow into because you know I don't think anybody starts off this this way coming into leadership is you gotta learn when to accept that you're wrong Um, and you have to be able to understand that you can be wrong regardless of where you are like don't get me wrong let's say me and Cabbage were to get into a disagreement about how we're going to do something Um, at the end of the day Cabbage makes the call and I need to understand you know the regent p.m. Uh, when I was in the PM slot, uh, there's been once or one or twice where me and Cabbage ran into that exact same scenario, where he wanted to do one thing, I wanted to do another. Neither one was considered particularly bad, but I needed to accept the fact that my job is to back his play. He's the guy voted in as
3: Monarch.
0: It's so... Maybe the example that I use I I want to touch on what you just now said in just a moment, but maybe the example that I used was not a good example in this case. And I'm gonna pick on Neverwinter again because I know they have something going on down there. I wanna start by saying that I don't fully understand the political situation in Neverwinter right now. I have not talked to any of my friends down there to find out specifics on what's going on. I just know that something has been going on. They've had They've had some talks with with uh, with what's co- with BOD members and how they're handling things and with their monarchy and how they're handling things, or somebody's been butting heads in some way down there, right? Yeah. And I remember specifically that someone had mentioned something about their handling of the COVID situation when it first came out, where they were just telling parks, you can't meet. Yeah. And some parks were saying, but we want to meet. And I'm... For purpose of this conversation I'm not questioning whether that was a good idea or a bad idea or something like that but mm-hmm. in that context specifically this is this is what I was trying to make the comparison for Clover where I was saying you know maybe you have one side and Lucas has has one side. COVID I understand is also not the best example but I'm having I'm struggling to find a, a good example so I hope that you can kind of follow what I'm going for here where there's multiple ways to approach this situation and the problem is is that it's it's not just you being able to sit down and say, cabbage, we need to work this out. Like maybe both of us leave the negotiation table, not happy, but we need to get it worked out. It's always the fact that in this example, you have some, I'm going to say cronies, but, and I'm not saying it offensively. (laughs) Right. But you both have, you both have a camp. Maybe that's a better way to say it. You both have a camp that's behind you. That's saying, no man, you're, you're wrong. This is right.
1: Well, let me let me try to synthesize something here because Clover, you you pointed out like your you know your job was to back my play, um, and I I I don't know that I necessarily agree with that, but I will say that I trusted you enough as my prime minister that if I made a call that was truly fucking bad, you were going to test me on it, um, and there were several times you where I would do something and you would say I don't know if that's the best way to do that, and then I would stop and go well, let me think about this a little bit more. And so I I genuinely, you know, especially near the end of your term after we had worked together for a little bit, I genuinely believe that if I ever did something that was a bridge too far, you were going to tell me that I did it. And I think that's the, the dynamic that ultimately works because like, yes, we didn't agree on everything, but I also knew that you were going to stop me from doing the wrongest thing if you had to. Well,
2: I mean, yeah, I was going to kick and scream or whatever, but at the end of the day, like... For instance, I mean, if you don't mind me dragging out some of the business that we had to deal
1: with. Or oh, I know like it's going to be the all thing.
2: Oh, not at all. Oh no, shit, oh, okay. No, I think the all thing went okay. Like, was, all things say. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Oh, my, yeah,
0: yeah. My only request <laughs> is that if we're bringing up things that actually happen, omit any names that were involved. Oh, no, this
2: is just straight up when we were talking about, uh, um, like, in fact, using the COVID situation. Like, when we first, because, I mean, we had, what, one good month before covid Hit us.
0: yeah i don't even know if you had that in the P-
2: yeah in the pm position and so i'm going to be real my my initial aspect on or my initial outlook at it was uh i didn't think we needed to shut everything down etc etc i didn't want to i didn't want to kill anthart over it yeah um, and yeah looking back i was completely in the wrong like that, that was not the right call um I, I definitely think cabbage made us make the right call as it were but, but I mean, we had story. our disagreement. We we definitely I, I kicked back and forth a little bit. Um, and another one I kicked back on was when Abod was. I don't know if we should put that one in there.
1: Ah, I, I mean, it's up to you. Okay. Uh, you know, the heat <laughs> comes back to me, and honestly, I don't care.
2: <laughs> okay. Well, like when when Abod was forcing us to make a statement, that yeah. that that oof that rankled me real bad.
1: Yeah, well, it was just um, disappointing it needed to be done at all, but yes, I, I get where you're coming from.
2: Well, and so, well, and that's where I stood on it, is like, you know, we can make that call, make that statement if we want to, but the idea that, like, now nah, they're telling us to do it, that just twisted me the wrong way. But anyway, uh, I made the wrong call uh, on what I wanted to do with COVID when it initially hit, and... Fortunately, you know me and Cabbage, we hashed it out, and that's the way it should be. Even so, even even so, even if I absolutely despise, which this wasn't the case per se, but he, at the end of the day, yes, I'll kick and scream. But yeah. you, you know, Cabbage is the monarch, and I'm gonna definitely exp- if I think he's stepping way out of bounds. I'm probably I'm gonna be pretty public. I'm just gonna be honest. Yeah, I, don't, I, I, don't, I always
0: believe that you would, which so, was a good thing. So this was more this this wasn't less a situation of you saying I'm just going to be a like a, a, a clone or whatever of his opinion, and more of you saying I'm going to approach this in such a way that I won't like go out and immediately and publicly embarrass him or something like that. Like we can still have continued conversation, and I'm not going to hide the way I feel about the topic. You were just, because I had used you and him as an example, you were saying Mm -hmm. the monarch is the one that makes the call. The conversation can happen up to that point. Is that kind of where you were? Yeah, I mean,
2: what happens is, you know, eventually at some point, Cabbage puts down and says, hey, okay, I've heard everything. I've thought about it. Here's what we're going to do. Yeah, there
1: was never a point where I I thought you had, like, an ulterior motive or anything. I always kind of just went at it with the assumption that you were being, you know, completely honest with what you believed.
3: Yeah.
2: That is so... It's funny because I kind of want to hit on that a little bit. Sure, is I think when we talk about the toxicity of politics or what I believe to be the toxicity mm-hmm. of politics is it, it's exactly that, and it's one of the things that I do. The whole Clover, just Clover. I don't use all the fancy titles, and I've got my own. I've got my own soapbox about awards in general, but we'll get into that later. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, um, we'll now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I absolutely despise, and maybe it's because I just, you know, I don't have the depth for it, but uh, I hate politics when it's, I hate back alley politics. And, he, and so when it comes to me, I am I will tell anybody exactly what I think about right. a particular situation, and you know that what I'm saying, I'm not going around and telling somebody else something different, because I'm going to tell you. If I, you know, I'm going to tell whoever I have a problem with, why I have a problem. What is I'm not going to be you know, rude or anything like that, but I'm going to be honest. And I think that's what we have a lot of problems. I think that's where the toxicity of politics is. I think people get secretly thrown under the bus on, on things. Ambushed is what I
1: was going to say. Yeah. Secretly thrown under the bus. Yes, I agree.
2: Or, or, you know, I call it getting torpedoed where you like, you know, you're doing all the right things and then somebody else shoots you down. And, uh, I hate it. I hate it so much. I definitely think that, and yeah, I think everybody should do it. Of course, you know they're not going to, and right. and I'm not so naive to think so. But I think a lot of problems in Amp bar politics could be saved if everybody just said what the heck they mean when they mean it, um,
0: or if they just talk more. I mean, how yeah. many yeah. how many times I mean, have we happening. seen something come up that if the two parties had just sat down and spoken instead of not listening to, and I'm using very vague, broad examples. Yeah, I know exactly it, who you're talking about, and this not, is what I was going to reference. Not listening to what the crowd was saying or what other people, this wasn't like an ad populum sort of an attack uh, mm-hmm. or an ad hominem. It was, if they had just sit down and listened to the actual thing that was being said, I don't think that uh, that the situation would have progressed to... To the level that that it did, I think that, uh, I think that there's a danger in listening to the crowd and not just sitting down and having a conversation, even if you're frustrated with someone. Yep, that's the best time uh, to have it. And and like you you touched on Clover, be respectful, be polite, and know yourself well enough that you can say. You know what? I'm too frustrated to have this conversation right now. I'm going to take a moment. I'm going to calm down. If it's a couple days, you can still message the person and say, hey, I want to talk, but I need to, I can't yeah. do it right now. You know, I need to calm down or whatever, right? Well, okay. Right. Let, me, let me bring this kind of full
1: circle real quick. So started in Golden Plains, eventually ended up in, in Winter's Edge. Yeah, we're going, we're going back a minute, but we, we went on a tangent. <laughs> so started in Golden Plains. Came back to Winter's Edge. Um, what's the biggest difference? Like, I mean, we can we can talk politically, uh, but also just in ju- you moved from one Amtgard culture, which we talked about being the old money of Amtgard culture, to Winter's Edge, and we've always been kind of scrappy. So, what is that like?
2: Well, I'll definitely say, man, there's so many different ways that I could approach that, that question. Um, the So, on the game side, the meta is completely different because in Texas, and it's in west texas where i started it's you know it's always swelteringly hot so armor is like not a thing out there right um like my i would go out there you know playing bard in one point of armor and i was just considered reckless and wild um so like the meta is completely different uh like here monks are monks are a garbage class i'm not gonna i'm not trying to be mean to the monks out there but uh it, it's a pretty bad class in this meta because right. other people get to wear armor, and but out there, your two options with that kind of heat are basically spellcaster or the thing that doesn't get pwned by spellcasters. So, that makes sense, yeah. So monks are a lot more popular out there. Uh, Barbarian sans armor, and then uh, so yeah, that that meta is completely different. And so you got to think about that too. Going back a little bit more for full circle to uh, when I was talking about you know my primary interest in the game is, like, game creation. Right. Um, Games that you make for, that I would make, if I were making a kingdom-level game for Golden Plains, it would have to think a lot more about spellcasters and monks. Um, Because outside of that, I don't expect, I definitely don't expect to see any warriors. Right. Or I don't expect to see this, or if they do, they're going to be so off-brand that if they manage to pull something off that makes them relevant in a game, then more power to them, they earned it. Right. Um, Politics-wise, I actually, and maybe I'm, I'm too new to Winter's Edge to know the difference. Winter's but, Edge is uh, relatively
1: new in and of itself, so, yeah. Fair enough.
2: Well, and that's the thing, too. Like, I actually, like, when I first moved out of Golden Plains, I spent three months in, in Neverwinter and went to one of their kingdom events and started trying to acclimate myself there because I thought uh, we moved with a wife and that I was going to be in Orlando. But cost of living in Orlando was ridiculous. Yeah, so that's, that's a, that.
1: Disney Town and everything else, right? Yeah. yeah.
2: Well, that's where she's from, and her parents are there, etc. But gotcha. uh, I got to get a taste of Neverwinter politics, and I, you know, I love the people from Neverwinter, but no, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. And so, in if Winter's Edge is similar, then at least I, uh, they're, they're good enough at hiding it that I haven't had that big of a problem. <laughs>
0: I think it's Um, I think it's that we're so young we don't have a political identity right now we're still struggling to find it.
1: We also formed and we we formed splitting off of Neverwinter and and a big part of that split was some of the problems we had with how Neverwinter was treating us. So I think we learned from that to some degree, um, specifically with how awards were given and you know just how events were held and things like that. Where we felt like an afterthought. And so we learned that lesson. And when we became our own kingdom, we tried to apply that to everything we did going forward. And we'll see if that holds up over time, right? This is right. You know, it's,
2: I'm not going to say that there aren't things that, that I hear about or whatever that, that don't concern me. I mean, sure, every, sure. every place, every, every place has its problems, but uh so far I've been a lot more, I honestly feel like I, I am a lot more comfortable in Winter's Edge than I ever was in Golden Plains. Don't get me wrong. I absolutely loved my time in Golden Plains, and I love yeah. the people there, and I love you know my family from over there.
0: But, but uh, you have a favorite kid. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. No doubt. No doubt. And it's, and it's Winter's Edge and by a lot. Like, <laughs> um,
2: no, for real, the I, I, yeah, big thing I think that drew me in is I when I first came back here, I uh, you know, number one thing I loved is that I was back near my family again. So I got to take my – my, I have two younger brothers, and I got to take them, them to their first Amdart event. And I talked about Amdart all the time because I was active in, in GP and stuff. Whenever we call, it'd probably end up in the conversation somewhere because I'm that kind of nerd. Mm-hmm. So when I came here and I got to take them to their first event, it was actually the, the next-to-last Crystal in Chronicles. Right. And, I mean – absolutely was, was that the was one that great. ever
0: not ever living one, sir. Was was that the one that, uh, um, what's the, the big medieval to, oh, uh, East wind castle. Was that the one at East castle? I believe Negative. it was, it
2: was at the it was at the murder barn and, uh, uh
1: murder barn. Uh,
2: oh, I mean, don't get me wrong though. Like it the, the woods. Let me tell you, if we could still use that site, I would, I, I know that it wasn't very conducive to certain things, but, uh, man, then woods were great.
0: Yeah. Um, Good place to hold tournaments, like uh, fighting, like if we were doing uh, Weapon Master or something. There was a good field for it. Right. There. Yeah,
1: the a big flat space for it.
0: But uh, I got to go to the next to last Crystal Chronicles with my
2: brothers, and that was their first event. And um, man, I was just blown away at the difference. Because another thing in GP, they're a lot more stick heavy, and a lot more, you can definitely tell that, you know, Ampard branched off or you know is inspired by a lot more uh aggressive Mm -hmm. um styles of slinging foam because i mean i I, that's another tangent i'll get into that later but there's a lot more of the flirty stuff and like my brothers came to me and were like oh my god this is what you've been talking about this is a freaking blast and i was like yeah i know i knew the whole time that's what i've been telling you (laughs) yeah but uh that was my first event here at Winter's Edge, and I definitely was, was happy with the change after that. Um, and so much so that when I first got here, you know, I live in Anniston, Alabama, and there's no park anywhere near me, and I ended up going to the, the story of how I got to ELW is kind of funny, because I didn't know ELW existed. <laughs> um, so my first move was like, I need to build a park. Um, and I yeah, and so I actually petitioned, I sent a petition in to start a park in Irondale, which is a suburb of Birmingham. Right. And uh, I actually hit y'all's Facebook, the Kingdom's Facebook page, going, hey, you know, I'm going to send in this petition or whatever. And I think it was Teflon replied back, going, hey, you know, there's a park already in Birmingham, right? And I was like, <laughs> no, sir, I didn't. And, yeah. uh, and so I, and I hit him up. I, I found them on Facebook and I tried to join their Facebook group. And Oz, God love them. Like the second I tried to like join their like Facebook group, he like hits me up on a me- on the messenger and starts just giving me the ninth degree. Because at the time, well, <laughs> because at the time they're they're a freehold shire,
3: right? Mm-hmm.
2: And I guess he looked me up and he's like, oh man, this guy's not, not, like. I think at the time I had like four warriors or whatever, and they're just like, no, oh, I don't want you coming in and just pooping on my field or whatever and
0: he mama bit you that's awesome yeah yeah,
2: yeah, (laughs) it's crazy and so what did i do i showed up at their park and completely rolled it um (laughs) but it wasn't even it wasn't even in stick like i was i was taking it easy but they did a class game and my first like in a class game interaction with oz was he was running Monk or whatever, and I was doing one point bard, and I come running up on him, and he throws his throwing dagger, hits me clean in the chest, and then I stab him in the chest and go point. And he goes, point, what do you mean point? I'm like, uh, I'm, I'm wearing armor, that's this big padded thing on my chest? And then he commits to arguing with me that bards can't wear armor.
1: Ah, okay,
2: yeah. And I'm like, I hate to tell you, bro, like, I, I don't know what to say. I don't know um, how to break this to
1: you, I got some bad right? news.
2: Your worldview right? is about to be <laughs> real messed up. But it was up. all good. It was all good. Like me and me and Oz. Like from that point, uh, it was definitely a little bit of a. I think he was afraid I was going to come in and just try to like you know take over or whatever. And right. Um, it wasn't. It wasn't a. Well, we got over that, I guess. Because.
0: Hashtag words oh, mimic.
3: Yeah.
2: Right. Oh my God! Like. <laughs> so. Okay. I know that I'm probably going to eat up like three hours of y'all's time, and I'm sorry that I You're keep good, going off on these tangents. But uh, the whole reason that I played Bard in the first place. So when I first read the rule book, I think, man, what was the edition in 2005?
1: 7.0. Okay. So that was a seven point hard. something. Let's, let's not yeah. get specific. Yeah.
2: So uh, I showed up and i read through the rule book and the guy who's running the the bastion of the rising winds his name was his name was a marine named kai that's all i remembered um but he hands me the rule book he's like you can pick any one of these classes right and i flip through the thing and i see paladin and i'm like dude that's my jam i want to be a paladin (laughs) and uh and at which point he turned around with the hey i got some bad news for you, partner and uh i was like all right we'll poop um then I started reading, so I was like, okay, I'll take it home, and I'll read through it. Uh, and I, man, I was one of those nerds at the time that I read that thing cover to cover. And I re- read over Bard, and Bard at the time had Mimic. And it said, Mimic, you could you could mimic the first level abilities of any other class. And the, the plan was hatched. It was like, all I have to do is get to level 6 Bard in seven O, and then I can mimic Paladin. And I can just go out there as a you know as a level one paladin and my six points and all that crazy crap. Um, hey, I brother, think I, got I was news at, for you. <laughs> yeah. And the, well, no, Here's the thing. At the, at, at the time that I started it, they hadn't added the, the they hadn't amended it, right? But yeah, it was, that was hit, the
0: Inner Kingdom Rules Committee that made that amendment later. Mm-hmm. So I hit level, this
2: is what made me mad. I think it was like halfway through level five when that amendment came through. <laughs> and uh, yeah, <laughs> I was like level five. Halfway, I, I'll tell you, I was already like fishing around eBay trying to find my uh my suit of plate that I was going to buy and all that stuff. And then they put the amendment in and I was like, well, I mean, I'm already in for a penny. So I guess I'm in for a pound. We, and uh,
0: We're dating ourselves that eBay was the, uh, the shopping service at that point. Uh, it barely.
1: It was <laughs> still barely the shopping service in 2005. Yeah, that's fair.
0: No, it was, it was eBay
2: was the only place you could look to find something like
0: that. That's yeah. the thing about it. Museum like, replicas, man. I got the magazine. That was the in 05? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, the magazine. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> it's all we I had, had in 2005 was the fucking magazine. I, For no, our younger viewers, magazines are pieces of paper that oh, used to come fuck. in the mail.
2: <laughs> Stop I <used> this. To, <laughs> I used to know, no joke, when I was, so when I got out of the Defensive the Language Institute and I was, I was trying to find some sort of LARP or something, I remember getting Dragon Magazine, uh, Dragon and Dungeon Magazine for D&D, which was you know, published by Piazzo. Yeah. But I still remember the ads for, like, mail-in LARP. Yeah. Like, where you, like, where you, like have to mail in what you're doing each turn and stuff. And I'm... So can you imagine, like, a game that takes, like, three months to play only because, like, you have to...
0: Can you imagine
1: being the one dude in the basement, like, getting it, being like, this guy says he runs up the wall. Ah, oh, fuck, i got to think of a scenario for this guy. Hold yeah, on. And, and I need to send
0: it out to everybody else, yeah.
2: too. Right? You're, like, tapping your pin on your teeth, trying to think about what your next move is going to be. Like yeah.
0: That era wow. brought a whole lot of really cool single-player uh, role-playing games, though, that spawned some whole worlds. Eberron, I'm pretty sure... Oh yeah. It was it was fan made. Yeah. And I'm pretty yeah, sure it that it was
2: Piazzo, Yeah. Or whatever, it's pronounced.
1: Yeah, I, I couldn't tell you either to be really honest with you.
3: Well
2: so, it was another thing that led to them, you know, off off on a side note, it led to them doing, you know, it's where the Pathfinder split happened. It's because yeah. you know, the three point five break into fourth ed and then they quit Dungeon and Dragon Magazine like right before Fourth Ed. And then uh
0: Good call. Pizo pretty
2: much yeah, Paizo just said, uh, alright, you know, we'll make our own D with blackjack and hookers, and <laughs> that's pretty much uh what happened with Pathfinder.
1: Yeah. So do something for me real quick, because you've talked about, you know, what you what you like in Amt and what um you know kind of drew you in. Um last week, I don't know if you listened to the episode we had with Teflon. Mm-hmm. Um it was a long episode, I've, so even I've heard that, every episode. No. Oh, Beautiful. Um, well, so there was a question that I never got a solid answer to and no offense Teflon, but I'm going to ask it to every guest until like, I get an answer that I like. I'm, I told, gonna, I'm not going to comment on this. One. I told Teflon to sell Amthgard to me. Um, right. So there's, there are a lot of other LARPs out there and you've kind of talked about knowing, you know, that there's, there's Dag and Bell and SCA and and whatever they all are. What is it about Amthgard that, you know, brings you back? Because, you could just as easily go play Dag or Bell. You, you Like you said, you have four Warriors, probably more now. Um, oh, yeah, could, I've,
2: got, I've got exactly one more now, so watch out.
1: Oh, fantastic. Um, well, I mean, but the, the, <laughs> the point stands. You could take those Warriors to another game that is more stick-focused, and you could do fine. So is it the class aspect? What about Amthgard? If you had to, to you know, put Amthgard in a vending machine, what would draw um, people to Amthgard, in your opinion?
2: So my, in my opinion, and the thing that makes me, because I've looked at DAG and I've looked at, uh, you know, I've played in a whole bunch of other stuff, and the thing that draws me to Amp Guard over the other ones is one, you get to do it more, more often. Um, you definitely have, you can have definite, you can definitely have like DAG practices and stuff like that, but ant is that combat stick. You know, it's got the speed and the, and the, and the more, I guess, I don't want to say aggressive, but it is the more, you know. Combat focus, try to put foam on a body right. type game that has magic and classes, and I think you have to be a lot when you when you add that mix in there. It's kind of like uh, playing old school Baldur's Gate, or with the no
0: pauses on. You have you been waylaid out. by enemies. Yeah, <laughs> and most of yeah,
2: exactly that. And so, well, and that's the thing though. If you didn't have your auto pauses and stuff on, you got to think quick. And so, yes, the magic helps people who don't necessarily have. You know they can't just cast stick until it works. Yeah. Um, it lets people play on that on that. I guess um, what do they call it in Star Trek? We are playing like 3D chess or whatever.
1: You oh know? shoot! I should know this. I've been rewatching. Right? TV. Yeah, I'm actually.
2: Feeling, I'm feeling stupid for not being able to just say it's on the top of my head. Uh, but it's the same thing. Three dimensional chess. You know, 2D versus three dimensional chess.
1: Try try uh, dimensional chess or something like that. Something. Um,
2: But, you know, so when you have your dag and your bell, uh, all the non-spell casting stuff, then you have, uh, you know, you just, people cast stick, and whoever can cast stick better wins. Right. Um, You know, you do have archery and stuff like that as well. Basically, it's like playing militia all the time, um, which is fine. I mean, for some people, that's for them. But this adds the casting. It adds that extra level when you're trying to, to do a class game. And I think um, before he got banned, uh, Sir Gordon, the guy who wrote the, the Book of War or whatever. Right. Uh, I, I sat in on one of his classes, and that was one of the things that uh, I know that we do it a lot of DLW, and, and it's the, it is the big selling point to answer, is mean, class games. It's, it's what we have that the other um, quick combat phone sports doesn't have. Because, right. like, Miro, Miro has spellcasting in that extra layer with their softest touch. And so, um, I've played some Dystopia Rising, and I've played uh, some of them. Yeah. More, yeah, I've played some Parlor LARP stuff. Um, and so, with things with, like, Dystopia Rising. <laughs> I've, never heard <laughs> I've heard it
1: called co- Parlor I've heard it That's Vampire the Masquerade, right? Like, that is a Parlor well, so, LARP.
2: Yeah, you have, like, okay. Vampire and Werewolf and all those ones. But, uh... You know, those ones have no like combat's done with the, like a deck of cards or dice or something like that. Gotcha. You, the, the LARP aspect is just the fact that you guys aren't sitting around a table and you're having to stand up the whole time, um, and you're in costume. But for like Dystopia Rising, like it's they, they use birdseed packet spells. Uh, Nero does the same, and then they're softest touch. And man, when I say softest touch, it's like a shot can't come from more than a 90 degree angle. Oh and I don't like that. you know Yeah, and when you throw a swing, if it at any point like could be considered too fast, they they will let you know like you'll end up with a guy with a green bandana or like a marshal for their game or whatever, come by and like, Hey dog, check your swings.
0: Well see, um, I mean I don't I I wouldn't even want to go out and play one of those games and it's not because I don't think that the environment would be fun it's because I think I would make it unfun for other people I think I would be seen as like a, a massive uh a bully yeah just because I'm, so I'm, and so yeah.
2: I, I'm totally with you because when I went into dystopia rising like they have this whole like list of, of like weapon skills like you can't use a, a short unless your character has like the, the short weapon skill and all that right and so when I made my character uh, I'd been playing Ant guard in Texas for a while at that point. So I specifically made to where all he had was like throwing weapons, which I use these big squishy like nerf grenades. yeah, And like I refused to pick up a bat, you know, or, or grab a shield or anything like that. But so in their games, uh, and this is actually something I, I'm gonna maybe drop a little something, something here uh, on like some champion plans and stuff like that. But Ooh. one of the things that they do that's really cool, is when you come in to their event, uh, you have to sign up for like three to four hours of an NPC shift. And I that, yeah. Yeah, and so at at some point during that weekend for four hours, you're going to, you know, the people who are running the event can, you know, use you as a monster or an NPC and all that stuff, right? Well, at the time there was some of the, the cross gamers from DAG and AmpGuard that ended up on an NPC shift with me, and you know they would seen me before, and they were like they wanted to do like a bandit raid where these guys were going to come in, and their job was to just murder people, okay. and they they had they had what we would call shorts and shields, and that guy I think a lot of people here might know him uh, something Harris God, now I can't remember his name. There's always, you always forget this stuff when you gotta, when you gotta recall it.
1: Oh yeah, you get, um, yeah, you get in the hot seat and then it all goes away. Right. Um, a large African American fella with, a
2: he plays in the armor combat league now. Uh-huh. Anyway, aside from that, he spotted me and he's like, this guy can swing stick. I want him, uh, as one of my Raiders. Right. Right. So they, so they gave us these like super soft, like, like squish bat, like shorts. And we run out there and, uh, to remove limbs in that game, there's something called mangle. So a guy mangles my leg while I'm sword boarded, and I go down on one knee, fling the leg back, go into like you know classic Ampedard Turtle stance. Right. And when he sees me like take that stance, he had that whole like eyes open like oh crap this guy knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> from that point forward, the the game, the guy that would run the games, the you know the director, anytime he needed a murder dude, he'd be like. Over hair, you know, he started picking out all the cross gamers, right? And man, you could, there were some good stories with that, but again, I ended up pulling away from it because uh, things that ruin most games, politics, and uh, you know, softest is just it's yeah, you
1: you, ca- you kind of calibrate to the game that you're playing, right? So, like, I have I have gone and played um, <laughs> before, and you know, going from Amphgard to Belagarth, where my hits aren't hard enough. People are saying light, and I'm like, "What the fuck do you mean light? I hit you. Right. It made a pop. It made the sound." And they're like, "No, you you gotta hit me harder." And I'm like, "Oh." And then I come back to Amphgard, and they're like, "Whoa, chill out, dude." I'm like, "Ah, fuck. yeah, I thought we were friends. Yeah, like we. <laughs> I just I didn't want you to call like, ah, yeah, okay, sorry." I can see it's that. Being right. a thing. So, so I guess the mix of um, the the physical combat is is just enough, and then there's there's just enough of the the mental game, class game, role play all right. kind of together so it kind of mixes all of those genres together in a way that's uh i guess it, power it's the-
2: fast paced yeah. it's fast paced um i cuz i think you know dag dag is fast paced too but it doesn't have the extra level right um so i i, I don't know that's that's my big selling point for is that you get both of those worlds
1: yeah the the pace of different combat sports in general is, is kind of weird um sir Gillen, you know zeb he he plays uh here at radiant valley um there's also an SCA group that meets. Uh Thor's Mountain. Thor's Mountain. And um Barony of Thor's Mountain, is yeah, that Barony a thing? of Thor's yeah. Mountain. And uh but there's an SCA group that meets just before we start Anthguard. So of course, you know, Gillen comes out in his full kit and then sheds that kit and comes to play Anth But it's funny because he'll go out there and he's one of the few people in SCA that fights Florentine yeah. with two stick. Everybody else thinks it's a suicide mission, which they're probably right, but Zeb is very, very, very fast. And so he'll go up against oh, these yeah, guys, you know, fighting and sword and board, and he'll do things, and they're not expecting him to move as quickly as he is. And that's that he, he pulls a lot of that speed from Anthgard, and I think just physical conditioning.
0: Yeah. Oh,
2: yeah. I mean, Zeb, Zeb has uh, given me the wrath on my right see more than once. Yeah.
0: I'll tell you what throws me about, and I don't remember whether it's Dagger Bell. I'm sure that one of our Dagger Bell viewers are going to correct me on this, but one of them does not have what they call magic switch. Um, oh, that's dag. That's yeah. dag does not have magic switch. So they have
2: to, Yeah, if you lose an arm you have to like put the weapon on the ground before you pick it up Yeah. One.
0: And I've I've had 20 years of training at this point of just flipping it over to my other hand. Mm-hmm. I still can't do it well after 20 years. Yeah. But I mean oh, trying to retrain myself to drop the sword, that it goes against every single tenant I was ever, ever taught. Um and I couldn't do it. That, yeah. That's another game where I would just be viewed as like, like oh, you can't play with us anymore, man. I'm sorry. You're just not right. doing what you need to do.
1: <laughs> well, I'll I'll be really honest with you if we can be candid for a minute. I played Belagarth, which has certain rules that allow contact, uh like grappling
0: and shield yeah, pushing and, and kicking. Yeah, you can kick shields or whatever.
1: And um it's not enough to tell a big ant guy like myself I'm I'm six one, almost 300 pounds. It's not enough to tell an guard guy, yeah, you can kick people with shields. You really got to, like, warm them up to those rules. Because uh, I, didn't, I didn't know that. I, they were like, no, you can only kick guys with shields. And I'm like, oh, I thought because I had a shield, I could kick that guy. Were
0: you just going through kicking people? Yeah, I was trying to. <laughs> <laughs> so I saw, uh, that was, I, I think I remember the event you were talking about. My big thing there, too, was like, a lot of their kicks and stuff come when someone is lagged or on the ground already. So there was now. I don't know if that's normal for that game or if it was just this was very very early on when we started doing crossover stuff with Dag Bell. Yeah. And my thought was that this was just meant to hurt people. You it, know, it's used like a disengage uh, or, um, you know, to,
1: to try to put somebody in a bad position more than anything. I was using it like a, this is Sparta, and let's see if I can actually <laughs> kill this dude. Um, and yeah, that's man. not that's not how it's supposed to work. So you don't really, <laughs> you don't adjust to it the way you think you would. Yeah, yeah. They also have um, God, they have rules on grappling too. I don't
0: remember. I think I think the smaller so many person. Things that yeah, happened
2: in with with dag that like, I don't know. It, it made me it scared. Me. I. They invited me to a dag event. I think last November. Yeah. Um, And I was like, okay, I'll go. But then I read through the rule book. I'm like, all right, I will go. However, if I'm going, I am wearing, you know, I'm using a bow and I'm wearing a a helmet with a full face guard. I don't care if it breaks your immersion, Because, like, some of the stuff I read was exactly that, like the shield checks and Uh, the kicks.
0: Every person that I've met from Dag and Bell are nice people. Yeah. They're cool to hang out with. They're great around the campfire. But I look at their game that they're playing and just think to myself, I got to go to work on Monday. God, it looks fun <laughs> as hell. I don't care. I don't <laughs> no, listen.
2: Here's, a, here's the big thing that pulled me back. So when I through the rule book and I read the rules for rocks, I said, wait a second. So this is a thrown weapon that literally the only way for it to score a hit is for you to hit me in the face with it. Meaning that as you're out there, going to use this weapon your goal is to, to directly hit me in the face and right. i at that point i was
3: like i don't know dog i think i'm gonna have to
1: pass yeah that is that is for me the selling point of Amthgard is that i'll be able to play it when i'm 40 you know and, and not and, and and mostly at the same capacity um i think that that is a, a maybe a core tenet our, our focus on safety is um, while frustrating, sometimes is I think one of the best parts of our game. So I can I can get behind that. Like, the other it, thing it, is
2: like I'll say between between kingdoms, you'd be surprised how much um, acclamation and difference between kingdoms. Because I'd stated earlier, like GP, you could tell that they're that they that the game came from some more aggressive games right. out in Golden yeah. um, For instance, I used to the way I used to run Bard out there was I would run one point of armor and I would go double daggers. Um, because there's that little bit, and I actually got into a lot of trouble here with when I first got here with Pyam over this, and we argued over this rule forever. But at the time he was GMR, so I'm not gonna. Right. You know. Um, once he told me that's the way it was, that's the way it was. But uh, so there's this bit uh, in the shields part of the rules that says um, if if somebody's shield is passively like being held in your way, then body to shield is cool. And so the way I would handle shields running double dagger is I would flip the one in my offhand to, uh, like, an ice pick grip.
1: Yep, and then pull.
2: And I would just come here, buddy, and try to give him a hug. And, man, I pulled that. I think I did that. Yeah, I did that at Crystalline Chronicles to somebody, and Pyam come like, flying across the field at me. And uh, told me it was a, a no bueno. And at that point, like, that's one of those, like, I'd been doing it in GP for so long, that that was almost world shattering to me.
1: Right. Because
2: I was like, oh, I've trained to do nothing but double daggers, and now my whole life is a lie. Like,
1: <laughs> yeah. I think you're allowed to do that now in Amthgard. Like, there is there is some uh, provision for manipulation of shields.
2: Well, I mean, and it, it was there, like, the rule book part of it hasn't changed. It's just, uh, I still think he was wrong but I mean I'm not gonna you know whatever well, we're not Moss here said. to
1: determine guilt or whatever if he, he said it wasn't allowed well, I'm, yeah.
2: not saying it was I'm saying if he says it wasn't allowed or if that was his interpretation of it and he's the guy in charge then there you go right
0: yeah the, well um, it's pretty much like trying to argue with a DM I mean, you just don't do that like,
2: we, <laughs>
0: we have become I think more friendly towards uh, weapon and shield manipulation over the years as well um as more integration came with Dagbell and our Sword Knight Bootcamp started being more of like a cross-game Sword Knight Bootcamp thing where they have mm-hmm. teachers coming in from other games, I I grew up in the same game that you did, Clover, where if you were two boardmen, you kind of had this invisible one-inch barrier where it's like, mm. no touchies, no touchies. Yeah. And then that kind of changed uh, when we started going out west to to Texas and to Colorado and stuff like that, where they were fine with shields pressing to one another, but I wasn't allowed to move the person behind the shield. Right. You know, well, I actually
2: don't know I now. Do, we used to have a maneuver called like the can opener. Yeah, you'd where... take your
0: board and rake it across the yeah. inside of their board to open them mm-hmm. up. That was Arthon. Yeah. Arthon yeah, invented and- that
2: exactly yeah you can't open her and then melt and give them a melee and there you go
1: yeah i don't have or the rule book open in front of me but i i don't want to go on record as saying that's totally legal because i'm not a, a, like that may just be a park rule where weapon cool manipulation with. well yeah because
2: well I, so weapon manipulation is a thing it, it's, it, it's in the rule book and you know due to that whole interaction like i've poured over this thing right of a course. lot so i feel confident about it um what you know Board manipulation is a thing.
1: Well, I'm glad you're confident about it because I do it all the time. So I just didn't yeah. want to say like, "Yeah, that's totally cool for everyone to do it," and then be like, "Oh, actually, I'm wrong. Whoops." Yeah. Oh, a, don't
2: get me wrong. Like I stated way earlier, I, I do accept the ability to be wrong. Um, somebody could surprise me and you know you know adjust their glasses up their nose and give me the will. Actually,
3: yeah.
0: <laughs> as a Florentine guy, that's a that's a big move for me too. Is you you kind of pin the board towards their sword arm with your free. Sh- uh, Weapon, and then because you have two and they have one, you hit them with the other. Well, one of the so um,
2: you know, have got me with a particular trick, and it's, it's happened more than once. And like I know what you're doing, and I I I still fall for it. I'm trying to train myself not to, but like I still fall for it. You got this, like I call it the stop motion stab, where like <laughs> so, so like, there's this there's this camo that bugs use in the wild called stop motion camouflage, which is uh they move like incredibly slowly while changing the size of their body mass while moving at something. Uh, like the, they, they'll, they'll blow themselves up. Yeah. Uh, as they move closer to something and they're moving really slowly. So it makes them look like they're the same distance away and, bef- and before they know it, they're on top of it. Right. Um, and so you do this weird stab where it's like your your uh, I assume you're right-handed. So your offhand weapon like goes into like a passive, uh, shoulder block on the off-hand side. Mm -hmm. And you start this stab, and I throw the board or whatever, if we're in flow or whatever, I throw my block when and where the stab should have been there and then I guess I go past it, or I've already started resetting after what the block should have been, and then I get stabbed.
1: I can tell you what this is. Um, Flo has a nine-foot wingspan and <laughs> fights with 40-inch swords. So it's not that you're, you're throwing... It's not that there's a weird timing thing. It's that his shot is coming from a different area code. Um, <clears throat> that's really what it is. Like, I fight with shorts, and I like to get up close, but when I fight Flo, I have to just dive at the guy and then hope I make it in. Um, and then enough. usually he takes one step back and I'm like, oh, well, that was stupid.
2: <laughs> well, I see this like straight, like belly button aimed stab and in my brain goes, oh, shot, easy block. And then, uh, I throw said block and I'm like, oh, well that block, you know, came a light year before the freaking stab actually came in.
0: So. Yeah. It's so, uh, people are different skill levels. So let's start here. This isn't like This isn't picking on anyone else, but I fight you. Quick pause. That's
1: Flo's way of saying, I'm just better than you. No, I'm not talking
0: about me and Clover. I'm talking about like, there are people that, this is just a fact of the game. There are people that that are higher end fighters. There are people that are not higher end fighters. Right, right. The trick to fighting people that are higher end fighters is to throw the shots that we have all trained each other as higher end fighters that fight each other a lot to predict And then not throw them in that way. You're still throwing the same shot, but you have chosen to do it another way. So let's take the classic like uh, board shot over the shoulder. There's a billion different ways that you can throw it. There's probably three ways that it it gets thrown to anyone when you're in a tournament or something like that and you're fighting a top-end fighter. Right. So what if you took that exact same three shots, whatever that is, and you chose to reinvent that. You made a new mousetrap with it, right? Right. Maybe that's just stalling it out a little bit or adding a, some kind of new timing chain in where you paused because you're, you have still trained yourself up to this point to say, oh, he's throwing a number three. Yeah. Okay, well, I'll move my board over here. And, oh, what happened, right? Yeah. I love... I, I see different fighters do this in different ways, but I love taking something that is an expectation and turning it on its head. Mm. Uh, and I think that there's a lot more opportunity in class games to do that than there is in just regular fighting because of the way that we, you can combine spells and sword and everything else going on. Right. Uh, but I particularly yeah. really like that for, for Stick. I
2: don't really know if, if I, I, I guess I get what you're saying, like you can find the new combos and stuff like that in class game, but it's, I think, being able to, I guess, throw the trick as it were or throw the trick shot or throw it in a way that they don't expect. I think it's more valuable in tournament because nobody's got armor on and all that stuff. You just gotta get you just gotta get it there, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah.
0: Tournament fighting is a skill. It is it is different in some subtle ways than other fighting and you can have someone who is a really, really good fighter that does not perform well in tournaments. Yeah. Mm, um,
1: sorry. So speaking of tournaments, you've got five orders Need of the warrior. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, oh, you're going good. good. I love you. Sorry about that. No, it's it's totally fine, man. <clears throat> all right, all right, I'm good. Go so you've got five orders of the warrior, and um, you know this kind of sort of bleeds into a topic we've been dancing yeah. around for a minute. But you have some opinions on awards. You 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 mostly I'm don't. Yeah, you, you, you seem to not enjoy, I don't want to say not enjoy, but, but your opinion on awards seems to differ from a lot of folks, and I know that I have specifically given you awards because I knew that you would squirm when I gave it to you. Um, oh, good job. Yeah, I think I gave you right. your Ninth Smith, and you were like, no, 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 I don't deserve that. And I was like, aha, I'm the monarch, bitch. Here's your Ninth Smith. Right. So, well, and I, well
2: I, I do sincerely hope that you didn't give it to me just to make me swear. I do I do hope that you thought that I
3: deserved it. You
2: right. deserved it, I, but I it was a significant you, but, benefit. But yeah. <laughs> Fair enough.
1: <laughs> so, so your opinion on awards, kind of explain that to us, because I, I know we've all, you know, you say you're not in it for the paper, and I genuinely believe that, but what— what are awards to you what's the point of them if not to motivate you? So, I I know
2: you're you're absolutely right that is the point that is why they exist that is what they're they are there to try to do but one of the things that I point to we've been talking about cross gaming a lot and I'm actually putting down my whole pad and pin because uh, you don't pulled out the soapbox so uh,
1: yeah I knew it was gonna come yeah, out I'm, eventually.
2: I'm, I'm ramping up I'm prepping um, yep. you look at games like Dag and bell they don't don't really have stuff like that. Like, I think they have knighthood, but they don't have, like, ladders and all that stuff. And so, I don't know. The people that... And what I think we should be doing at AmpGuard, I think the problem with awards is that too often they lead to this the the toxic politics that we were talking about earlier, where somebody is doing something like... To chase that paper to get their box tops, and then it turns into um, that's what creates the circles of people where you get the dark whispers oh, he didn't really deserve that, excuse me, or you have all the people that are coming in. It, it creates these clicks, and clicks are what right. turned into politics, and politics turned into they're just bad for the game. Right. I think um, a lot of
1: people feel like politics is what happens, you know, with, with the, the monarchy and everything else, but politics can be a very broad term that applies to a lot of things.
2: Sure. Well, I mean, and I'm definitely pointing towards the darker side of them, where Right. you end up and you, you could either end up in the good old boys club or not. Um, one of the examples I can use is, is, you know, I talked about some of the darker things, GP and all that stuff. Um, I mean, I haven't done anything here that I wasn't doing in GP and if you look at my awards all throughout GP it's dry as a bone because the second I came out there saying I don't like awards here's why I don't like awards uh, Mm -hmm. they were like alright cool bro and didn't give me one which again it didn't bother me at the time but out here they have a different view of it and I definitely think the view out here is better but I still think awards in general are just a bad idea It leads to people doing things for the wrong reasons I would rather have somebody like, the people on the rose ladder. Um, you know, and I have my whole thing where I don't accept... I just do not accept roses, even though I do... You know, that, that's I, a Texas... I
0: I cabbage made a face. That's a Texas thing, too. I think uh, it's all of the, the Bobs, all of the Chosen will... They will burn their roses when they get there. Mm-hmm. They use them to start their campfire at night. I won't yep. say everyone from Texas is like that, but...
1: That paper's expensive.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that rose you, costs buddy. a lot to print. Well, <laughs>
1: Well, a lot of the thing, and
2: I had heard about this from when my, when my knight took me on. We were talking about things like that, and I didn't have any roses at the time. Who, who, well, didn't who have... is
1: your knight? Sorry, Adrian.
2: Okay. Um, my knight is Sir Warlord Reusion of the Golden Plains.
1: We'll get into that later. I just, I'll just i put a pin in that.
2: Okay. Um, and he told me about it. I didn't know if it was the Bobs or whoever, but he basically told me about a crew that was like, you know, they don't accept roses. And he was thinking about doing something similar with a fighting company that he was in. And I was like, man, it doesn't have to be a fighting company. Anybody can take on that mantle. And so my thing is like, when I get a rose, I basically I say service is its own reward, and I, I I'll rip it up right there. I and so coming into Winter's Edge, I've made sure to let people know, hey dog, you know, I'll send a whisper to whoever the monarch is, wherever I'm at. Like, don't don't try to give me a rose, please, because I don't think that the culture here would understand that or appreciate it. Um. It it really seems faux pas to turn down an award here. Um,
0: I think. But that, anyway, I, I think that you could turn down an award, but I think that it would need to be done in a. I have been to ceremonies out in Texas and seen people publicly turn down awards, so I I know what you're talking about, man. I've I have witnessed it, but you're right. We're here is not there, and I think that if you were going to turn it down, that. If I was going to turn an award down, I think that the way that I would do it is I wouldn't make a scene in front of court. I would do something like I would announce uh, either just privately to the monarch or if I needed to do it publicly, then publicly once we got home and say, hey, I really, really appreciate this, but this is my stance on this. And just, I, I don't think there's a way you could do it in the moment and it come across well because right, it's not right, something exactly. people are used to here. Well, and so but he,
2: this you know, going back to my whole stance against awards. Um, for for whatever ladder you're chasing, I I think that you know you should be. I'm more interested in the person who's doing it to do it than the person who's doing it to get the next box up Um, and that's just the way I look at it. Uh, I definitely think that. But on the other hand, and I'm gonna be real about it, I've been in positions where it's it's my job to hand out these awards, and I think there are ways to combat it and maybe do it the right way. Uh, but you know, I, I, I haven't figured it out yet and I've got to see anybody else who has. so
0: So let me tell you where my big hang up on this is, where, mm-hmm. where the disagreement between you and I are gonna is going to happen. And if you've listened to some of the other podcasts, you know you may have heard me talk about this before, but I have known people that have a similar viewpoint to you before. Uh, I encourage anyone to to have whatever viewpoint they want but but different things motivate different people, and I do not get to say what motivates another person um, i where we agree, and I will steel man this part of it is that uh awards can create this ambition in people and we hear ambition used as a bad term usually because it's being the story that's being told is this bad thing that happened. But ambition can be good. You know, ambition's what drives people to get out of the bed and everything else. It's what's driven some of our greatest inventions. Um it needs to be tempered, though. And uh the 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 problem that I have uh is we cannot fall into this scenario where uh we are saying people shouldn't do it just for the award because there are people, there's good people out there that are going to accomplish good things that are eye on the brass ring type people that are just doing it because they got in the game and they wanted knighthood and they have the, the steps that they've made and the motions that they have done are to work themselves towards knighthood. Now, I think that it's fair to entertain a conversation where people that have that mentality are more likely to fall to what I think you and I, Clover, would both agree are the dark side, where now it's become an obsession for them. And and more realistically, a point of depression very likely because there's this depression that could come if they don't get something right. Right. Well, and that leads me. I actually have two points to, to counter to that, if yeah. you don't mind. Yeah, go ahead. Um,
2: what, the first one is um, exactly that. Like you you start to build an expectation, and then I think the quality of whatever I'm, I'm going to use roses as my example. Let's say they you're you're on the rose path and, you, and you're doing whatever you know, security crad or doing feast or or whatever. Right. Um, and you start to get to that point of it, it does two things I don't like. Um, one is, let's say I, I've got nine roses and there's somebody else who, who doesn't have very many. Or in, in Mr. Nine Rose, you know, he's, he's close to his <clears throat> knighthood and whatever. Um, I think, now don't get me wrong, I don't think that... Um, let me let me just say what I'm going to say and then I'll, then I'll like... Yeah, circle back um,
3: around.
2: Def- define it. Um, sure. Mr. Nine Rose gets more street cred and all that stuff, or they can sometimes be allowed to talk over other people because of, of this, you know, these box tops that we've given them. Um, the other thing is they start to feel, I guess, entitled even though the quality may not be improving or it may not, it may actually be declining, but now they feel stunted or, or slighted when they don't get they're nine or they're ten or whatever, and I think um, my evidence that I use to point towards that is if you look at any sort of competitive um, game, like you know, like League of Legends or Overwatch or any any of those you know um, games where where they have rankings, right? If you ask anybody in the in the lower rankings or or people that are stuck somewhere in those rankings and they can't progress, the last person they blame is themselves. When, I mean, I, we here, you know, as, as, you know, fairly intellectual beings all know that it is probably a lacking on their part. It's not human nature to point at anywhere but
0: everywhere else. Yeah, we're, we're all the hero of our own story.
2: Right. And, and so, but the thing is, and I think that's, that's where you start to, that's why you find, you guys actually talked about it, I think, during uh, your, your talk with Teflon, where somebody gets kind of high and they burn out and you don't see them for three to four years or ever again. Um, I think some of that is, you know, they get to six, seven, eight... Excuse me. Okay. And then, you know, at the... I'm, you know, using my phrase again, I guess, at the real talk of it, the monarch is going, hey, he's just either A, not improving, or, you know, it's it's going... it's This isn't worthy of the next one. It's just not. And then... Rather than, you know, accept or understand that or or try to up the game, the individual starts thinking that either A, somebody's sliding them, or B, somebody actually is sliding them um, because freaking politics. And all this goes back to the root point of awards. Other games, all these other games can find volunteers to do this stuff without this motivation. So I don't understand why it needs to exist.
0: So I agree with you. Uh, that the other games get volunteers and there's not some award ladder that they're trying to climb, but they still have politics, they still have cliques, they still have all of those other things that we discussed. That part doesn't disappear simply because the award, because the the merit badges that we get disappear, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. And uh, there is also this, uh, this idea of, you know, who gets to do these things at uh, at the, the different events that they run and uh, you know, whether this person will do a good job or whether this per- new person should be allowed to come in. The problems that they're facing are the same, though the reasoning behind those problems may be slightly different from one to the other. So my challenge back to you is, are you describing a, an aspect of human nature that you and I can both agree is distasteful and not something that is necessarily award focused.
2: I can definitely agree that, like you know, we are talking about an aspect of human nature. But in that same instance, um, if I can go back to my like my, my video game calculation of it, yeah, sure. Uh, it's we always had... teammates, by the way. Okay, so <laughs> well, you, you've got. <laughs> You've got uh, Overwatch which has a, which has their Elo system or their their ranking system or whatever. Right. And on the other hand, you have I think back in the old school days the there was a competitive like online Halo. And that thing existed but no like the the player like program like where it would program to kind of put you with players around your level yeah. that existed but it was completely invisible.
0: Yeah, the, right? the MMR, the hidden MMR back then. Yeah, the
2: hidden MMR, and so yes, you know, Microsoft at the top end knew who their top players were, and that's who they were going to invite to come play, you know, in their in their big Halo like pro gaming, this, that, and the other. But for the for the masses playing the game, it was, in my opinion, a better environment because think about the talks that the toxicity the toxicity that exists when people are chasing you know, their silver, gold, or whatever in like League of Legends or Overwatch it is way, way worse than anything I ever experienced that had in hidden MMR. Because with hidden MMR, like, everybody's just there to play games, and if they're getting mad, it's because somebody's camping or being cheesy. It's not because they've got anything on the line. Yeah,
0: but is an online... So... Uh, I think Lucas wanted to jump in here with something, but my online games have toxic environments online. uh, Our Facebook community has a toxic uh, environment. (laughs) Every online creates this shield of anonymity. And I'm not trying to discount what you said because your, your comparison here is that this also happens in real life. And I I understand what you were getting at with that because the awards are, are analogous to the, to the, la- the ladder that you're climbing for the thing. I, I get what you're saying. I'm saying that I don't know if you can do a direct comparison between that online environment and what is going on with, uh, with AmpGuard. I, I fully admit that people have got frustrated when they thought that they did enough that they should get an award and they didn't. That happens. I fully admit that people have uh gotten awards for things and everyone in the audience was kind of left looking around going, Oh, what's going on? And they and we clapped because we're happy for the person, but we're also confused mm-hmm. by right. by what's going on. This is our system is set up to where one well, to where two people at a time, right. our monarch and our region, are uh, are giving out awards based on their personal uh their personal preferences and those are those are not a, a computer-calculated MMR. Those are fallible human beings that can mm-hmm. make mistakes, that can have favoritism, that can do that. So again, steel manning the position that you're taking. I understand how people can be put in this situation where favoritism or where just simple oversight uh, uh, happens. I mean, last week... We had Teflon. We were talking about Oz. We t- we mentioned Oz earlier. We had this whole thing where he was given this order because it's not that there wasn't this feeling like he deserved an actual rose for what he was doing, uh, but there was a misunderstanding of how long it had been and how many times he had been performing this what I consider very vital task of being Metacrat and other things that he was doing. Mm-hmm. You know, and- I've got more on that in in a minute, but. Yeah, I, I see where
1: you're going. I think this is a really rock and a hard place situation because the 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 true solution to what we're we're all describing here is a fixed um, an objective standard. Yeah, you know, you you design a piece of garb that has uh, handmade binding, and you get a fifth garber. You know, you have a a fixed awards progression system that mm-hmm. then is completely non biased. It doesn't matter who you are; you made the garb, you get the box top. But then. You, I, I feel like by doing that, you kind of rip the soul out of the game, um, and I guess that's to me like well, that's so, what differentiates Amped Guard from. Well, I can definitely.
2: So here's the thing. Yeah. Like my my stance on awards as a whole is separate than my stance on because I I accept that awards are part of the game.
0: Yeah. Right. Sure.
2: I've got my my extremist view uh, about their their role in our game, but. I accept that they are a part of the game. So with that with with accepting that, I now look to okay, awards are part of the game. How do we quantify and and hand out those awards? Yeah. And I definitely think I'm I'm, you know, I'm in your camp there where um I don't want it to be as robotic as do X game Y because when you do that exactly that you one you rip out the soul and two dude everybody who plays this game is a gamer they're going to figure out how to how to min max it and then everyone's you know say oh you have to make you know a tunic with x amount of embroidery or whatever and then somebody's going to come up with the most absolutely proficient way to do it
0: and yeah, we'll have doilies just doilies turned in at every single innester <laughs> well in to a in. to a certain extent <laughs> for
1: certain belts you almost put a price tag on the thing you
0: know, specifically yeah, with wild. Serpent, right? I, mean, like, I don't know that that's not the case already.
1: Well, maybe, yeah. I, I, guess, I guess to me, I care less about the awards, right? I'll, I'll give you an award for anything if you did the work and put in the effort and people think you deserve it. I think this is where masterhood is supposed to come in. You know, you can get 10, you know, maybe you make 10 doilies and you get 10 dragons because people weren't paying attention. But when it comes to your masterhood, that is where people are supposed to actually dig into your your record and what you've done and make sure it is a thing of quality that you then get your masterhood for. And I feel like that is maybe the the one, what's the word I'm looking for here? The the, the stopgap that prevents that to some degree. It's not perfect, right? But, well,
2: this actually leads it a little bit into... Um, I had a discussion about uh, the COK and that's a whole, I'll get it. Um, let me remind me that I put a pin in some talk about the COK. Okay. Um,
0: we still have one to I, tonight too. Yeah. I, I've, a I've, got a, I've got I've oh. got a
1: running list here. It's totally we got, fine. We got
2: plenty of pins. We've, we've been talking for two hours now and we
1: got <laughs> an hour and 12 minutes, but you know,
2: <laughs> but uh, I'm sorry. I'm so long winded guys. I really oh, am.
1: We knew this coming into it. It's totally fine. Fair enough.
2: All right. Um, so, uh, I definitely agree. So, one of the things that, and it, man, I was so fortunate to come into y'all's kingdom through Everliving Woods because I was able to, to meet those guys and, you know, give them my take on how I view AmpGuard and what I like about AmpGuard. And, you know, I guess the fact that I was raised around the same area as them means that, you know, I naturally fell into people that were more conducive to my line of thinking. Right. And before we ever joined Kingdom, we basically, like, I remember when we were petitioning for Kingdom, we were all of the mind that, look, we don't chase paper. We we don't, you know, that's not why we're trying to join the Kingdom. We're trying to join the Kingdom because we want to make AmpGuard better. And everything that we, everything that we do is the goal. Like, the, the goal isn't box tops. It's how do we make AmpGuard better. And when we look at that and compare it to awards, uh, one of the things that I've said pretty much any time I've ever been in a role of leadership, especially on the kingdom level, has been if the person does the thing, they get the thing. Um, and I really... There have been lots of times when I've been discussions, uh, you know, talking with the monarchy, about uh, does this person deserve this award? Right. And we sit down and we have an honest talk about it, and it's like... And, um, I'm going to go into an example here in a minute, but the, the end result is... Um, If they do the thing, they get the thing. And it works both ways. If a person breaks a COC and they eat a band, they did the thing, they get the thing.
1: Right, yeah.
2: Um, And that goes, okay, tying that into your ideals about mastery, I I definitely agree with it. I think a person, you know, they do whatever they need to do to get their one through ten, and let's say he made ten doilies and then it went went under the radar for some reason,
0: right? That's a really nice doily. That tenth... It better be... That 10th is like, there's some depth and layering to that doily.
2: Uh, it came with whatever, <laughs> whatever, whatever bribe the judges needed for him to win Dragon Master on that doily.
1: You know, it's only uh, like 20 bucks. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but, <laughs> I mean, you got to pay for that dragon belt somehow, I reckon. Yeah. Or that serpent belt. Um, anyway, when we start considering that for Masterhood, you know, the, the monarchy needs to sit down and have an honest conversation and go like, all right, guys, don't get me wrong. They are freaking nice doilies. But are we really going to give this guy Masterhood on on doilies? Can we see something else? Blah, 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 blah. And I think at that point, um, this actually I can kind of pull the pin out of that COK thing. Because uh, I agree with you that there's a difference. You guys were talking about earlier, there needs to be that break between Masterhood and Knight. Yeah. Master, master should be the, the, hey, I am the epitome of of this, where a knight is something completely different. Um, giving somebody a knighthood for for whatever they do, it, it means something completely different. And my thoughts on it are, once a, once a person is given masterhood, and I know you're probably going to disagree with me Flo, and I, I will preclude this with, I am not a knight, uh, I have no, you know, I can't sit here and speak for any other knight or, or how they think, but this is reading the rule book, This is how I think. Uh, this poor layman thinks that the circle of knights should work. Um, masterhood is something that is determined by the kingdom, and that is, uh, you know, the regent and the and the king and the monarch. They they get together. They they look out. They have an honest conversation, probably with the person, with other people in the monarchy, with other knights of that or other masters of that particular ladder and all that stuff and they determine, hey this guy is a master, he gets his masterhood. And that should be the end of masterhood and then knight is something completely different. And that's when the circle of knights begins to look at somebody. And I don't I personally don't think that the circle of knights should be looking at, okay what has this guy done to earn his master? I don't think that should be their job. I think the circle of knights job should be is this person of knightly quality? Is this guy.
1: Well, I know that's one of the things they look at.
2: Sure, I, and I, I completely agree. But I think, and the reason I bring this up is that I've been in too many conversations where they're looking at giving somebody a, an award. Right. And they go, oh, he just got his eighth, or he just got his ninth. We can't give him the next one no, too quick. No, fuck that. That's I hate because that. Because the circle of knights might not like it. I don't care. You know I, what hate I mean, that. They yeah. might
0: I, think he's I don't care for that either. This is this has been referred to as a time gating. Like, is there mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. only is it your skill that matters, or is it the amount of time that you've put in, or is it some combination of both? And. I actually don't have a problem with someone rising quickly in awards so long as they are doing whatever they they need. The The classic example that Shalazar gave me once is if a master baker joins Guard and begins turning master in... Master baker, okay. Yeah, baker.
1: Guy who cookies. Yeah, someone I took, that
0: bakes. I took my headset off of one ear to scratch and <laughs> so it if, came out wrong. If a master chef who stuffs things in ovens... <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I still it no. that's not what I was going for the, the damn story right? no I know it, where you're it, at I'm just an idiot if they if they join uh, the game and they start producing all of these crazy things right mm-hmm. then why should there be a time gate for what's going on why is that important to uh, them being able to put out these these beautiful masterpiece level works and what does it matter if what they produced for their fifth isn't as good as what they produced for their fourth. So long as both of them were above the level of award that they're currently being given. Well, I, I agree with that. Now I get that different kingdoms have different rules and some of them will say things like, well, you can't award more than one award, uh, more than once every six months or something. And that's, <laughs> that's baked into their Kapoor in some way or something like that. I, I don't want to I don't want to get onto the topic of whether that's a good idea or, or not it's not I don't have an idea I, I'm sorry I don't have a problem with someone rising through awards very quickly so long as they have the the, the talent to back up whatever they' they're getting it for um, I, I had a question for you Clover just to clarify a point that you made earlier so masterhood you said would be given by the the kingdom. Is the implication, the unspoken implication there that the knight circle would then be the ones who do the knighting and it would not be the, the monarchy that did the, the knighting? Well, so here's the thing.
2: We all know that at the very end of the day, the monarch can hand out a belt whenever the heck he wants. Cabbage can turn around and, and hand you the other three belts right now if he wanted to.
0: He made me a paragon um, flow oh man
3: <laughs> <Ooh>.
2: <laughs> but th- that's the that's the real deal like he can he can hand out belts on his whim technically um, but come on we all know it's the right. end of the day like, I you was know what I mean? say- The real talk is the circle of knights are the people who, who put forth the recommendation and pretty much um, There are some things that I think that, you know, a king could, you know, take a recommendation and, you know, buck it or say yes or no. Um, But we all know that person would probably be committing political suicide in one way or another.
1: Right. So we talked about this last week when we had Teflon on and um, Mm -hmm. we, we kind of came to the same conclusion. Teflon pointed out probably very rightly that it would actually be worse for the person that I made a knight. If I were to just go to some newbie and say, hey, you're a knight now, that would be terrible for that person. They would never ever live it down. But you said something where the the monarch should give the masterhood and I kind of like that because it is a almost a procedural way to tell the knight circle, hey, this person is doing really good work and I think they're ready and then you know I, I give somebody a masterhood the knight circle then says oh crap this guy got a masterhood let's start looking into them and so it is a it is a what? way of sort of moving the wheels without me directly
0: going to the knights and saying you should make this person a night well and we do that right now not with masterhood right. but it's like if you're above eighth order we we have a spreadsheet that uh uh colleen what's colleen's game name um Shout out to Colleen. I, I'm sorry, I forgot your Dude, name. Dude, I, I don't remember her I, name I forgot either. your game and name. Like, I knew it until let you say
2: it. it since, we're, since we're doing the shout out to her, I, Colleen Gould, I think Gould. Yes, Gould. G-O-U-D. Yep, anyway, yeah. um, her, man, like when I was PM, like she helped quite a bit when I first stepped into that office because. Uh,
0: the tools she Fred has are CEO. amazing. Oh, yeah, man, she's great at
2: what she does. I will say Libby, too, our current regent. Oh, man, she's great at it, too.
0: Yeah, Colleen, if you need something made in Excel, even if Excel just shouldn't be able to do that thing, she'll she'll find a way to get it done. Right. Uh, She made something for the Night Circle when Puddin was our uh, GMC-OK that auto-pulls from Orc. anyone that is 8th order and above. So we do do this checking phase, um, and we... Uh, when we go to an event, we try to do this in-person meeting. This is something that's been relatively new within the past couple of years. Where you mm-hmm. know, if you have above an eighth order, we'd really like you to stop by and say hi and let people get to know you. It, everyone's welcome to come. You can hang out, and we're just going to have you know talk about whatever people bring up. But we specifically really want to get to know the people that are above eight. Um, I ask about whether you wanted knights uh, doing the knighting because I there is a part of me that really really likes that. We actually had a kingdom get in trouble. Uh, Clover, you may remember this. Uh, wetlands back in 2006 or 7? Oh, I remember the bimel knights yeah, and got stuff. In, got in trouble because their knight circle was the one that made knights, not the monarch. Right. So mm. it was much more a system like I thought that Clover was referring to a moment ago where like the kingdom could give masterhood, but then the knight circle would just announce like, on this date this person will be elevated tonight and back then there was no AIBOD i think it was still burning lands that uh, uh-huh. that was kind yeah, of controlling yeah. everything and they had a very different opinion of how that should work and i i remember the ta- the, the drama on the message boards that's how far back this was um <laughs> Being that like their contract might get pulled because this was a big thing, and i don 't know how it turned out. I think it turned out where their night circle is still the ones that do all of the nightings and stuff like that hmm. um, there 's a part of that that 's really appealing to me. My problem with it is is that you if you end up with a good old boy system, then mm-hmm. you 're trapped forever. <laughs> I realize, well, so, I realize the well, mo- the stuff with the Monarch. Like, if the Monarch gives it out, political suicide, you said that a moment ago. I, I agree with all of that. But there is at least a way out.
2: Sure. And I, I I definitely think that the way that we have it right now is probably the way it should be. Because, like, like I said earlier, man, if I were in that position, um, anything that I try to do uh, in Amp Guard, I would look at... I always try to look at, is this better... Is this the best move, in my opinion, for the health of Ampguard? And so, for instance, in Golden Plains, the way that knighting works, yes, it's the monarch's signature that that makes a person a knight, but they cannot knight somebody unless that person has been voted yes on the COK. Um oh, that's interesting. And, yeah, I don't and, hate that. And well, and so, but unfortunately, what that can and might have led to, is you end up with, with uh, I guess, a, su- a Supreme Court-type scenario <laughs> yeah. where you can get certain people into that CLK, and before you know it, you have a majority that can create one hell of a click. Um, right. and, I, and I don't know that that's happened there. I'm just saying the potential for it is really heavy. Um, and that's something that could happen if it's strictly the c o k that hands that hands it out. I definitely like this the safety because I would like to think that if I were in that monarch position and I saw that going on and I saw people deserving that just weren't there, man, I'd fall on that sword um i, I wouldn't heartbeat to be honest
1: yeah i there's just this. You know, it always gets thrown out, you know, we always we always say it almost as a platitude where it's like, Well, the monarch can make a knight in Winter's Head and
0: Sure. I can I mean, also
1: I can also take my lawn dart set from the seventies to the local park and teach kids to play with it. But I probably shouldn't. Yeah. It's probably a really, really, really bad idea and someone's gonna get hurt. Dude, I miss some lawn darts though. Yeah.
0: And <laughs> we're we're picking on we're picking on this scenario, which is kind of like a a sad scenario or a depressing scenario or something like that, instead of the opposite where, you know, some happy things are happening and people are getting what they should and everyone's super Mm -hmm. excited about this person that is going to be a knight. That also happens that that situation also happens. But, um, you, you always, uh, hope for the best plan for the worst. Right. So this, this Mm -hmm. talk is really about like, what is the, what is the, uh, plan that we could come up with for uh for for a situation that would come up that I think all three of us would agree would be a not good situation for uh, for anyone that wasn't in that that in crowd well right. i can I can name a good situation
1: where i I personally would have been okay with it okay, go ahead so um you know we always talk about how I took a five year break from the game mm-hmm. and you know all of that, and it was almost a a, a running joke. You know we we had uh Donny uh, uh, Sir Darko in our kingdom um and he constantly was churning out amazing leather work I mean oh, he, yeah. he built a whole breastplate there's pictures of of me in it on Facebook somewhere um and I mean it's You're this, like twelve yeah. Fuck. I have some facial hair. Anyway, he 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 constantly turned out amazing leather work. I remember him being in the back of the van on the way to Florida, you know, stitching leather in a bumpy van, no less, to put stuff together. And I mean he never like it, it got to a point where he was just not getting knighted. And yeah. he was losing for Yeah, I'm gonna say it, he was losing for really stupid reasons. You know, and it was the time gate thing. Oh, you just got your eighth, so we can't. And so when I when I quit the game for a little bit, I said, "I'm not coming back until Donnie gets knighted, until yeah, he is that. Sir Darko." And it was it was a little bit of a gag. It was a little bit to to take the piss out of the guy, right? But if somebody had said, "I'm the fucking monarch and I'm giving that guy a belt," I would have been all for it. I'd have been no. like, dude, this guy's deserved it for the longest time. Yes, finally, I will come to this knighting. So that's a situation where I can see it working, but I still wonder if, if Teflon is right from, from the last time where that would have been kind of a um a black mark for, for Donnie for, for Sir Darko.
2: Yeah. I- yeah, it'd be a black mark for Sir Darko and for whoever decided to go ahead and pull the gun. Just because like I mean see, I don't know. Like uh at that point, Sir Darko's and again, I wasn't there, so I'm just kind of rolling with what you were talking about. Yeah. But at that point, Ser might have – he might be exactly what you need. He might be that, that thing in the COK that can that can shake things up and start getting people what they, what they want. There was a reason that Never Winter, Never Nights was a freaking saying.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean,
2: I, I'm telling you, I heard it in GP. Like, I was able to, to quote that from when I heard it, so it was a thing. Like –
0: I didn't know it got that far. Well, so Neverwinter, I'm going to say that this was unique, but I don't really, that's me saying that. I don't, I don't know if I have enough uh, uh, information on the other kingdoms to really say that. But growing up in Neverwinter um, was different for me because the idea is that the next knight that you're producing is able to beat all of the other knights in that category. You know, like there was a step above. I, I remember when the serpent knights were, there was this expectation that they go and they win Olympiad, win Olympiad to, to, to be considered for, uh, for knighthood. And I, I wasn't in monarchy there. I don't know if that was an actual, like you must go do this or if that was just the table talk that everyone had, right? But certainly as a populist member, that was what I believed had to happen for someone to get a serpent belt. That is ridiculous. That is.
2: And you're absolutely right. Like, and I mean, that that leads to a lot of too much. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
0: No, no, no. Go ahead. Go go ahead. Uh, we're we're both up on the soapbox. It's a big soapbox. Yeah.
2: Box. yeah. <laughs> that there's a lot of what to, to a lot of what you see now, and a lot of what I I guess a lot of people rankle against is the. It's that um that old guard mentality, and I. It's just gating. That's all it is. It's, and I, I get so sick and tired of it. goes back to what we were talking about earlier. I, I believe, and, and a lot of the people that I'm with, you do the thing, you get the thing. And it's not up to them to determine where that bar is. It is up to the monarchy. Right. And, they, again, if you're looking at higher level awards, there's no problem with them reaching out to other people that are in that level to go, hey, what do you think of this? But at the end of the day, they need to be able to filter out that. Well, back in my day, we used to, you know, tournament uphill both ways in the snow. And, like, <laughs> you know, you just got to – you can't be that way. And there – unfortunately, there's a lot of people who, you know, once they once they have the thing, it seems an awful lot like to keep the spotlight on them, they're going to take it – they're going to, you know, shut everybody else's spotlight off.
0: Yeah. And so we've said all of that. I am now going to give – the justification that I heard from someone that was in Neverwinter that was in a high-ranking position at the time. I don't even remember who it was now. Um, They said that they did not move forward with knighting because, and some people in other kingdoms may not know this about us, Winter's Edge was the longest-lived principality in the history of the game. We were principality for well over 10 years. Yep. I I don't even remember how long it was. And part of the reason I'll even say the largest reason that we did not move out of being a principality earlier was because we kind of lost our drive to uh, to do that I mean I know that sounds odd to say and I'm I'm not pointing to one particular day or event or conversation where we were like oh, yeah, well, yeah you fuck got this. my eyebrow up. Yeah, we're, it it's not that we 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 as a collective just said you know fuck this we'll we'll stay under this kingdom or something like that, but we weren't making the motions to move forward with it because we were going down and we were having fun at the Neverwinter events and I mean I remember the the crew people would come to Knoxville and we would caravan out from Knoxville straight down seventy five and there would be you know my fifteen pasture van and other cars and we would go there and we would make up a third of the hundred and 50 people that were at the event Mm -hmm. or something like that. Those were all a blast, but we were doing that instead of focusing on our own principality. I don't remember which monarch it was that started it, but when I came back in the game under Puddin's uh, leadership, he had either organized at that time or taken up from whoever had organized a bigger push to say, we have to do these things to be a kingdom. It's mm-hmm. it's really reaching a now or never sort of point. Neverwinter did not do the knightings because they said we had already lost a lot of motivation towards that. And if we could also be king, and if we could also get knighted, then why don't we just make the area of Neverwinter bottom of Florida to top of Tennessee and call it quits? Because we're not a principality at that point. Hmm. We're not driving towards anything.
1: Yeah, I...
2: Um, uh, so I, I guess if I'm, if I'm going to like break this down into one sentence, the, the general thought is like, well, either, either come back into the kingdom or be your own kingdom if you want a night. Yeah.
3: That, yeah. I, yeah I can, I can that see the logic. Right?
1: Yeah. So, uh,
2: I don't buy it.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. And I, again, you know, this, this, the, every incoming night has to be better than the last night. It, it kind of sets at a certain point. It sets an impossible
0: bar, right? Sure. Like it it does, especially with some, that kingdom in particular. Especially with some of the talent that they that they have down there, um, it it can absolutely set uh, set an impossible bar. But well, it is where it, that saying came from, Clover. It's where the never. If yeah, you look at yeah. the total knights that every kingdom has produced, then Neverwinter is lower on the list because of that. Uh, that cultural mentality. You can pin some of it to quality
1: control and and you know I can I can understand the argument from a purely like if I take myself out of the situation and I say okay a night is supposed to be the best thing then every night should be better than the last I can I can I can understand that. But this is a game that you know we are we are trying to keep alive by keeping players interested and by showing them that there is something that can be achieved. And I think Knighthood is one of the the first things that anybody latches onto. You know, Paragon is super cool in a lot of ways. I think it's cooler than Knighthood. Hell, there are how many titles in our game above Knight?
0: Right, uh, none well I'm there are no, several no, I'm, just I'm, there just, are, I'm just playing no but
1: there there really are several and who the hell cares night is what people see night's yeah. what gets all the cool stuff that's what people want so you are I, I i don't want to say you're doing a disservice to your players but i feel like setting that expectation is is probably taking a lot of wind out of a lot of sails that maybe just need more time to get there
0: well and, it, leads,
2: it leads back to what we were talking about earlier where we're you know, you have your masterhood and you have your knighthood, and it should be a different thing. I right. think a knight should be different than a master, in that, like, I, I don't think... because I think you guys were actually talking about it with Tefon. It's too often that um, people look up, and they, and they see the end of the tunnel as being knighthood. They don't see it as... When the end of the tunnel should be masterhood. Right. Knighthood should mean something else. Yes, it should only be available to a master, but it needs to be one of those things where you've taken what is a master and you've turned it into something else like where you have um, for instance you were saying like maybe the criteria is uh, you know being able to teach being able to you know share what you have and all that stuff but I think that at the end of it and a lot of what you should be doing is is this person and um, COK makes this I think this is where the COK should come in and make that determination because masterhood and all that stuff is determined by the, by the kingdom and then the COK goes okay yes this guy is a master we can acknowledge that i think too often the COK starts picking apart how that guy got to master yeah i don't think they should care about that i think all they should be caring about is is this person a knight and what i mean by that is can this guy teach is this guy good for the game is this guy you know is he a person that we want to hand that you know the highest honor in our game too.
1: I can agree with you there a little bit. I I feel like and I don't know that this is stated anywhere but I do feel like knights are the representatives of our game. They they wear the logo on their chest and they're the only ones that are that are allowed to. Um yeah, I can so agree with that. does this person represent our game in a in a light that we want people to see it? I think that's absolutely a question worth asking, but I think also um I'm going to pivot just a little bit. Sword Knight is one of those that is unique. In that it has a, you know, you can be a sword knight, and you can also be a warlord sword knight. And those two aren't necessarily the same thing. And so, you know. After a word standardization, they are, though. <sighs> but there is still some difference, and it is still possible. And, and this is a, um, I'm going to steal a Zeb story, because you did last time. Sure, go ahead. And he's admitted he doesn't listen to our podcast, so <laughs> suck it.
0: Suck it. One of these years, he's going to go back and.
1: He'll, he'll finally run out of Joe Rogan's to listen to. Um. So his his story was talking about rogues, um, specifically the rogues, oh. and they would say, okay, where does everybody want to eat? And nobody would know, okay, well, only the knights. And then nobody would still have a consensus, and they'd say, okay, only the sword knights. And then still no consensus, and they'd say, okay, only the warlords. Yeah. And then, you know, they'd figure out where the hell they were going to go eat. Um, so, I mean, there there is something to be said for, you know, at least for Sword Belt having this extra thing that you can achieve. That maybe puts you apart from other knights. If you really want to be the best damn knight, then Warlord is the next thing you go after. Or maybe it's the first thing you go after. Who cares? But that is sort of the, the next echelon that differentiates. And no other belt really has that. And I don't know how you would even do it, to be honest with you.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is... I, you and I have had conversations uh, about this. Mm-hmm. I, I crave uh, standardization. Not at the cost of individuality, but our our belts, when award standardization came about, and a lot of the players that are playing now weren't in the game when that happened, um, the goal was to make it to where every single knighthood had standardized way to get it across every single kingdom, because right. that was not the case at the time. <laughs> that part was accomplished. Yeah, um, And also... To make it to where there were, um, there there was, all, all of the belts were equal. Mm-hmm. I know that that sounds like an odd thing to say now, but belts were definitely not viewed as equal then. I could make an argument easily that they're not viewed as equal now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But you had a situation where sword was the only one with a masterhood, essentially. Yeah. And, and that a, was your... And that was your warlord. Yeah. Um Serpent didn't have a masterhood, still doesn't have a masterhood. Well, and you would have to call it something like Grand Dragon and we just cannot do that. Yeah, please no. Um, that's poison. Uh, <laughs> uh, the Crown didn't have a masterhood, still doesn't have a masterhood. Flame didn't have a masterhood, still doesn't have a masterhood. And so this is where I think that the award standardization failed. Um, what they did is they said will make Sword Belt like all of the others so that when you get your 10th, you are also getting your Warlord. Instead of saying, I think that Sword Belt has it correct and that there should be... Like back then, there was a 10th and a Masterhood step for it, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. And the Warlord... Warlord was a completely separate title. It had completely separate criteria. You know, there was... I, I'm going go to go uh, to Sir Shadow. Uh, I think Sir Shadow's still playing. Uh, he used to put a lot of videos. He was at every SKBC. Shadow's a great guy. He's an amazing knight. And my grand knight up the chain used him as an example to say, Shadow deserves to be a sword knight in every aspect. Right. He is amazing with the weapon combinations that he's gotten good with. He has proved himself to his peers. Shadow was never a warlord. Or at least at the time that this story was being told, he may yeah. have gotten it after that. But at this time, at the time that the story was being told, he wasn't a warlord, and Tarjay went on to explain the criteria of what makes a warlord a warlord. After that, and I won't go into that for this story, but there was a distinction for him, and he had grown up in a culture where there was a distinction. And I think that that was the correct way to go about it. I think that if we had that kind of distinction for all of the other belts, that we would be in a better place. Mm -hmm. And it it ties into something that Clover's been saying here. It ties into something we've heard Lexi say before. Masterhood is, in its own right, something to be proud of, to be damn proud that you were able to get. And we don't make it something to be damn proud of because you're not a knight yet.
1: Yeah, it's it's the it's the the last stop before the belt and so nobody really That's that's right. Yeah. And exactly yeah. It, it, it it's seen as
2: eleven. That's what
1: it's seen as.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And if it was able to stand on its own merit, if it was able to be its own thing and say, you know, and someone could stand up and say, you know, I'm I'm a master fucking uh dragon. I'm a master garber. Yeah. Um not just because I got my tenth, but because I'm recognized in my kingdom. As being one of the few, one of the greats, yeah. out there, um, I think that there is quite a bit of value that could be added uh, to that. And and award standardization went in the opposite direction, and oh. you you started having these situations where you know anyone that got their tenth sword, or their tenth warrior after that, mm-hmm. uh, this is not a PC term, but it, it's the term that people use, right? Is You were called a war wartard. Um, <laughs> so yeah. you weren't a warlord anymore because you did not get your 21 wins in a row in a tournament situation, stuff like that. And then because the award shifted away from that, you can't even do that. The majority of the kingdoms now, because of the way that we count rounds or tournaments yeah, or something like that, thing and you don't even have 21 opportunities yeah. anymore right. because- yeah the three fights that you do is counted as one now instead of but you know I grew up where all three of those fights if you won you that did three. three yeah and yeah. for the third if I won the first two and Clover and I were fighting then you did the polite thing you would say may I fight a third yeah and Clover had right. the opportunity to decline if he wanted to and if he declined it wasn't it wasn't on me I, my streak wasn't broken but if I said no to the third that broke my streak yeah yeah Um, so, so the, go ahead yeah.
2: In that same instance, like I, this was the only kingdom, and Neverwinter does it too. But this is the first kingdom I ever seen a tournament where like wounds carried in an Iron
0: We uh, we had to yeah. talk about that. Like this was one of the, so you you've come you grew up outside of Kingdom, uh, outside of Neverwinter, outside of Winter's Edge. For us, when we went somewhere else, and we were like this kingdom. This kingdom doesn't do this, that like they give all the wounds back. This is Candy Land. Like we thought it was insane. And I was a grown ass man two years away from getting my uh crown belt before I realized we were the baddies. Yeah. Like every other kingdom was standing there in a group going no man you're wrong it's like no we've got the right over here I've got my Superman cape billowing up yeah now we just call it a warlord
1: sports tile tournament and we give the damn wounds back because come on like (laughs) this is ridiculous yeah it was
0: uh, it was insane
2: oh man uh we want to talk about some size of the signs of wars and built and
1: stuff well so I, I I was setting up a segue and then we all got on the soapbox and it became a stage but right. um, yeah. I, I did that so I did put this. your
0: helmets on and pads we will tour around no. DC on our segue
1: no so so i set up this okay I'm just going to tell you what the segue was it's ruined at this point but it was to no, be <laughs> amazing. I really, clo- I, I I really idea, want to hear idea,
0: it yeah idea. Clover and I are really curious yeah, yeah, go ahead
1: so I set up this whole thing about warlords and you know we, we talked about warlord versus sword knight and I was going to be like so speaking of warlords sir warlord Ryujin tell us about your night oh, okay. so you know with that
0: that was really good clover let, let's oh yeah. My goodness. yeah yeah
2: you can cut me out like completely edit, edit everything i had to say out so golf clap we'll golf clap that I, one.
1: you guys joke this new recorder we have has an applause button and i have never used it in a podcast before is now the time best segue <laughs> award goes to me it sounded like rain i swear to god <laughs> Tell us about your night, Clover. Please God. Oh, okay, cool.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so uh Sir Warlord Reusion. He's um he's a unique character. Um I, I, I owe a lot of the way that I think about Ant-Guard to him. Um he helps
1: So he's who we have to
0: blame. Yeah, I was a good question. Right,
2: yeah. Uh, well he helped me cut through a lot of the fool crap because um in that same reason, uh he's a lot of there's a lot of why I look at awards, I guess, toxically. Because, um, you know, I was new to the game, and I was definitely one of those guys, like, stuck in bronze, if I, to use my earlier example. Right. And and was looking at everything but me. But uh, he saw some some potential in me. Mean, at the time, he only had a sword belt. And I was decent stick, as it goes. Right. Uh, so he picked me up. Um, he pretty much picked me up straight to Squire. Uh, Well, no, I'm I'm a liar. He picked me up at at Man-at-Arms. And the way that his belt line works is in in order to be a Squire, he only has so many uh, Squire slots. And in order to be a Squire... We all fight for them. (laughs) Pretty much. It's exactly it. You have to go out to each of the Squires' park and beat them in a best of ten with their preferred weapon
3: set.
1: So oh, okay. It's so, a Hunger Games kind of situation, huh? It very much
2: is, and it, and if if you do successfully beat each one of the squires, um, in their preferred weapon set, then the one that you won the highest percentage by, picks up man at arms belt. And... Oh
3: no. no!
0: what's the what's the movie where the, <laughs> he has to go beat up all the old boyfriends? Oh, the, oh uh, uh, Scott, yeah, Pilgrim Scott Pilgrim versus the Universe. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No. Clovers in a Scott Pilgrim like belt <laughs>
2: Well, I think they—he th- threw that out the window a while ago. Especially with me moving way out of Kingdom, it's—it's it's next to it. I like. At first, I was like, "Oh, I'm real comfortable out here in Florida. Ain't nobody ever gonna come." Yeah, take and the belt and the, run. The, <laughs> yep, that's the end. That's the end of them squires. Um, that and my preferred weapon set was double daggers. So.
1: It's just so. a fist fight. It's just a fist much, fight. Yeah. You have much. to fight Clover well, like, so, using his preferred weapon: punch.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Well, and the thing about it, too, is uh, I think Ryushin would have been down for that. He's very much a, a, a rough-and-tumble individual. Sure. Um, and like I said, out in GP, it's a, there's a lot more, uh, I guess, uh, aggression and quick closing and, and stuff like that. And to be honest, um, so he picked up – I believe he picked up his crown belt. Uh, and once he did that, he, was, he pretty much – he had to talk with me, and he was like, hey, man, I'm going to move you to – squire under my crown belt because they they pick up on you know they they actually care where you're under and he's like here's he's like here's the real talk he's like you've been at the time he's like you've been a four uh, a, a, you've had a fourth warrior for i think at the time was like four years right. at that point yeah and he's like uh you're out of kingdom um and he's like and you know y- your game creation and your leadership stuff is you know you just that's that's the squire belt you need And I agree with him, and um, it's funny because I took forever to pick up a man-at-arms belt, and I was fortunate enough to find Samix uh, and, you know, gave him my man-at-arms belt, and I'm telling you, I had Samix as my man-at-arms for, I think, a year, maybe a little over, when I sent the message to Reusion, and I was like, look, man, Samix is damn near my peer." Like he doesn't need to be wearing a man on his belt. And I got my knight to come down here. I think last fall. No, it was no, it was during the summer. What was summer? I got him to come down to our kingdom. He met us at Roaring Plains. We went to a day event at Roaring Plains. Okay. And uh, he gave Samex his square belt. And that was pretty oh, good that's day. really cool. That yeah. Day. yeah. 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 Uh, I got to see my knight. We sparred for a bit. He got. Taken off guard when I learned it showed him some of my winter edge tricks that I've learned around here.
0: You throw sand in his eyes. Oh dang! <laughs> right. Uh, or sorry, so he's, snow. He's, I guess
2: he's gotten more into SEA, and part of the talk too is he's. I love him. Uh, reusion is a great guy, but the the real talk of it is he's in GP, and he's pretty much told me, you know, hey man, uh, I'm proud of you to be my squire and all that stuff, but. I can't really be there for you the way I want to be. And he's like, you can wear the red belt and I'd be honored if you did, but you're kind of on your own. It's um, a
1: good approach though. I mean, yeah. he, he to- he told you straight up. Yeah. I yeah. just,
0: I also assumed that he was in SCA when you said warlord. Uh, it's, so, it's where all yeah. warlords go to, to right? die. <laughs> <laughs> the of, of warlords. <laughs>
1: yeah. I'm a warlord. I crave violence and pain. Yeah. <laughs> Man. He, so I'm going to tell you, it's so, it was so different too.
2: Because um, I used to train with him every day, and I want to say my 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 stick level has stagnated compared to the way that it was growing when I would train with him daily. Right. And just the way that he fights, and the way that GP fights, is kind of very different from Winter's Edge. Um, one of my biggest skills that I learned from him was just the real close, like hammer and anvil style blocking. Yeah. And In my inside defense. I like to appreciate my. I think my inside defense is really good, but out here there's just a lot more really weird. Like I call them floppy shots, where it's just like somebody's doing some sort of squid arm at you, and you you can get you can get the inside block. But the truth of the matter is, even if you get it, it looks really suspect. Yeah. So you just you know you just except that if it looked close enough, you should
3: probably just take
2: it.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I grew up in an environment where if, if someone gets as close as you just now described for, you, for to play the game that you learned to play... I have fucked up. Yeah. Not in some small way, but in some great way. I have fucked up. Well, it's um I think
1: this is an age thing. So so I used to exclusively throw rap shots. Yeah. And right. and at a certain point your wrist says, "No, thank you. We're not doing that anymore." And your elbow to some degree. So like I mostly yeah. throw flats now and I just try to block more and like predict more. So I I feel like that also is is you know, whatever the mean age of your kingdom is, like that's probably going to be related. All right, that's
3: fair. Yeah.
2: Well, that's why it led to double daggers because like under his tutelage, I learned to do what I call just churning dirt, which is, you know, it's like the old football drills where your job is just to get up and give that dude a smooch as quick as you can. Like,
1: I hate, I I mean, I understand what you're saying. I just absolutely hate the way you worded it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's,
0: um, we actually used to do dagger drills style stuff where it was like you only had one sword and a dagger to practice your blocking or something or yeah. really it puts more focus on your footwork which is right. uh, I think Gillen could give a master class in, uh, in in just complaints that he has on people's footwork and thing like, things like that but yep. it's, it's what wins or loses in tournaments absolutely anybody listen to this work on your footwork you win more tournaments period yeah well Clover we've put in
1: wanna... oh man I oh. still had a whole other Oh well I mean right. what what do you got for us? What do you what do you got and we'll, we'll see. We've we'll put bad. in about two hours so far.
2: I mean I can go till y'all tell me I'm done.
1: It is almost midnight <laughs> here, so yeah. not I, I right. don't want to tell you you're you done, but I am almost done. <laughs> all right.
2: Well one of the things I did want to talk about if it's alright with you is, sure. is battle games. I I, I like to, to to get out and talk to people about that. Yeah, um, man, that's because, your whole thing. Go for it. Yeah. Um well I'm gonna lead off with like absolutely one hundred percent love battle games. Like the the thing that I get out of AmpGuard, and like earlier you talk about selling it for me particularly the 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 thing that keeps me coming back the, the crack that is AmpGuard, is being able to like build these games and it's why the magic is so important and stuff too uh, that extra level is man at the end of at the end of a battle game when I could look out over a field and see the players and see that they had a good time it it does something like releases all the dopamine in in the back of my skull and oh man it's the greatest thing in the world um, and the thing is i want i want to get a call out there if i can to um, anybody that's willing to listen yeah. uh, build them it, it's like build a dream style like like build your battle games and and the players will play them because i've been going around the kingdom i've been talking to people about um battle games and like they, they always everybody I've talked to has like an idea, right? They, they they have an idea of, man, I was thinking about this battle game. Right? And I'll provide my my you know, my view on it. Hey, maybe you try this or try that. But the big thing that I think everybody needs to do is is run it, dude. Just just run the game. Like even if it's terrible, you're gonna learn something and you I have yet to see a game that can't get play tested into being right, into being a great game. Yeah, totally. Uh and so I, I kind of want to get a call out there to people to, to... Like, that is what our game is. Like, seventy what is it? like 75% of our rule book is dedicated to that thing. And, gosh, I just want to see them. I want to see dungeons. I want to see... I, I worry that, like, people that we have that that are doing battle games, um, when I say, hey, Kingdom Battle Games, the, the people that always come up to my, they go. Oh, well, that's clover. That's bash. Uh, sometimes I hear that's Teflon. Not very often, but sometimes. Teflon um,
1: loves making wacky props. That that can definitely be Teflon. Yeah.
2: yeah. But like, I want to hear more names, man. I um, don't get me wrong. I'm grateful for the opportunity to to run for champion and all that stuff, and I absolutely enjoy doing it. But I don't want to be alone up here. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I completely um, understand that.
2: But the more, and honestly, that the more people that you can backboard off of, because the better it is. And I mean, I, one of the stories that I talked about when I first got here was how much fun I had at my first event here, which was the second CC. And that was Cade. You know what I mean? A lot, well, it wasn't just Kate, but a lot of it was Cade. And I know he's been super busy, you know doing his stuff in the kitchen and he actually did kitchen for our Titanomachy which is great. Um, but I would like to see him out there doing more BGs and I'm actually collaborating with him on some stuff coming up here soon. I don't know how much of that I could talk about.
0: Ooh, that's a good
1: spoiler. So, Secrets. Right.
2: Um, but yeah, uh, I just, I, I want to see more people getting in there and I'll also put the call out there. Like if you're, if you are hesitant, or anything about a game that you've made, man, again, this is the thing that I enjoy. Freaking send me it. I will, I will give you my feedback. I will help you in any shape, form, or fashion that I can because, man, that's what I, I just like doing it. Um, what else is there? That's all I have on the Battle Game stuff.
1: No, I, I, I like that, and I think that's a good... Um, that's a good call to action. Um, better so than many of the things that we've seen. I mean, you're yeah. right. 70% of our rule book is, is dedicated to battle games. So I like that. I like the drive for it. Um, I think that's as good a place as any to wrap yeah. it up. Normally oh, we would man. ask you... I do my stories. I not get my recommendations. We will do a part two. We would do recommendations. <laughs> we actually have about five people on the, the docket currently that we... Are, are trying to find time for. So um, <laughs> we, we will come back to you privately for the recommendations. Um, I, I do want to have Samix on at some point. Um, I don't know if that yeah. was going to be one of them. Um, but, and normally we would ask you to name your episode, but um, I don't think I have a choice. We just, we have to call this one, the soap box. No, yeah. just name
2: it. probably
1: just soapboxes. Just soapboxes. Yes. Okay. Soapboxes. <laughs> just soapboxes. Soapboxes. Just soapboxes. Yeah. Soapboxes. Soap just soapboxes. All right. Let me put that in my notes real quick. <laughs> Dude, I feel like I didn't get to talk about uh,
2: half of the things that I had on my little notepad. Listen, we, we got into not... awards, and that was the end of it.
1: Well, yeah. <laughs> that's that's a that was that was a solid forty-five minutes or so. Well, look, man. There's always a we can always do a part two. Um, it's just getting yeah, late that'd be here. Great. Um, I understand you know me and Flo both work at the same place and we got to be at work at seven in the morning so that's sort of our 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 stopping point but we can always do a part two Um, this was a lot of fun man thanks for coming on
2: yeah no doubt appreciate you
1: yeah no problem so thanks everyone for listening Um, stick around we will do a part two with Clover uh, at some point in the future probably sooner rather than later And stick around on our social media to see who our next guest is going to be. Uh, Give this video a like on YouTube. Make sure to subscribe. And uh, subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, Pocket Casts, wherever you happen to pick these up. Um, Thanks for joining us, everybody. Have a good night.